Thank you, Bob. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the fact that in these words we're going to look at from James, the word is planted in us. And James says we should humbly accept it, knowing that it can save us. So we pray, knowing that uh, your, your written word that we're looking now, you speak through, and your living word, Jesus, is inside us too. Uh, we pray that we will hear his voice, your voice, in his name. Amen. A beautifully crafted punch in the gut for those who want to follow Jesus. That's how Tim Mackey describes the book of James. Beautifully crafted punch in the gut for those who want to follow Jesus. I had a conversation at Open Church yesterday. We were just talking about the fact that we're beginning with, uh, with James today. And uh, the conversation went around the fact that the person said they love James because he's so challenging and helped prompt us to get our lives in order. If you like, where, like the boxer on the left, uh, we're receiving that punch in the gut. And God is like the boxer on the right. He's landing a well-directed punch in the form of a challenging word that we need to take seriously. James's book is very challenging and it makes hard reading. Let's begin by thinking about its author, why he's writing, and then move on to what he says. James and his book. The New Testament has references to probably, we can only just say that for sure, because uh, we, we can't say for sure, we can only say probably five people called James referred to in the New Testament. The, uh, the most well-known is uh, the son of Zebedee, brother of John, uh, the, the, together they were the sons of thunder and so on. Um, and then there were some other disciples also called James. And then there was James, the younger half-brother of Jesus. We can't be sure that this book of James is probably by this half-brother of Jesus. We, don't know that from, we know that from a few of the things he says along the way. Um, James, sometimes called James the Just, is, um, he grew up skeptical about his big brother's claims to be the Messiah. But you would, kind of, wouldn't you? If you, if you, if you, if you were the little brother, you'd kind of grow up thinking, hang on a minute. Um, uh, but an encounter with the risen Jesus completely changed his life. Dead people stay dead. He thought he knew that, but his brother didn't do that. His brother came back to life, and so that encounter completely changed his life. And James became a leader of the early church in Jerusalem, respected for his wise leadership and his teaching, hence the, that title, the just, that sometimes was attached to him. Uh, we know uh, from verse 2 of chapter 1, incidentally, do turn to it if you 
Uh, I've got a Bible close to hand. We're on page 1400, uh, looking at uh, James chapter 1. We know that the book has a Jewish flavor. James says he's writing for Jews who've become Christians scattered all around the uh, Roman Empire. James's book, or his letter, sometimes called, uh, records his teaching, his advice, and some of his pithy sayings. There's quite a few that you come across. Uh, one Mary read for us, someone, don't just read the Bible. Don't just hear God's word. Do it. Do what it says. And there's lots of stuff like that in, uh, in James's book. Rather like the Old Testament wisdom literature uh, in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and so on, uh, some of those characteristics are also to be found in the book of James. You'll recall we looked at Ecclesiastes uh, this time in the autumn uh, last year. James's book shows the influence of those things which are steeped in his past, but also shows more recent things uh, like the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus' other teaching, the great commandment about loving, loving God and loving your neighbor. That's really at the heart of uh, James's book. And on the five Sundays in September, we're going to uh, unpack the five chapters of James together. Let's start with chapter one. That's our focus today. The implanted word, that phrase that uh, is used in verse 21, uh, the word planted in you, which can save you. That's our focus today. But as we get started with James, it's important, I think, it's helpful at least to understand the structure of the whole book. Most of it is made up of 12 short teachings. Those are in chapters 2 and 5 that I'll look, over, look at over the coming weeks. And, uh, but chapter 1 introduces some of the key words, key themes that James is going to come back to uh, a little later on. The book doesn't develop a, a single idea in a logical way as... Uh, Many lawyers you know, build one thing and another and nothing uh, based on that. Uh, but, but this book is not, not really like that. Uh, rather, uh, the individual teachings within it stand alone. And as I said earlier on, many of them end with a catchy line, a one-liner. Don't just, don't just hear it, do it. Something like that. But the common thread of this book is wrapped up in uh, this picture on the screen. Uh, the common thread is accepting the word planted in us which can save us. What does it mean to have God's word planted in us? Now things that are implanted, think about implants for a moment. Uh, they usually make possible uh, things which are impossible otherwise. Uh, I guess probably the most experienced tells me that the most common implant in uh, St. John's is a hip. Okay, there are things we can do if we've got one of those. If we've got a, b a bit of metal working I in us, doing its job as it should do, uh, then it makes possible things that otherwise would be impossible. Now, the only implant that I've got 
is um, a pale imitation of that, really. It's nothing like small letters. Well, it's this. This tooth is a fake. Uh, you might recall the old one. You, you saw it just once. My first week at St. John's, uh, ever since that, you've only ever seen a fake. This tooth is an implant. Uh, again, there are things every, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for. Uh, I, I kind of forget about it, but there are things when you bite into a piece of meat or something like that, there are things that I can only do because of that implant. That, uh, that image, James is saying, the implanted word should change everything about us, what we believe, how we behave, and so on. In chapter 1, uh, James writes uh, three ways the implanted word changes things. And uh, the first one is this. Um, uh, we live by the coast and we don't like it when it looks like this. Do we? Have a next picture. Yay. Uh, fortunately, we've got a ni nice beach which only usually has small waves, uh, but are not uh, towering ones like this. Uh, verses 2 through to 12, what they really uh, talk about is um, uh, trials and how those produce perseverance. Trials, things that are not easy. Of all people, James should know something about trials. He was leading a church in a really tough context. Uh, there was uh, open opposition then from some of the uh, Jewish religious leaders. There was in the background the uh, Roman occupying forces who were hardly sympathetic most of the time. And then there was a small matter of famine and poverty uh, which were so severe in the uh, Jerusalem church uh, in the uh, early years of the Christian faith that actually um, as, a, as, as Paul and others were spreading the Christian faith around the Mediterranean, one of the things they did was take a collection to bring back uh, to the uh, Christians in Jerusalem so that they could cope in this situation of famine and poverty that they found themselves in. To pick up the image uh, from verse 6, then the sea was rough. That's why I've chosen this picture. Now, I had an interesting and, and unanticipated uh, uh, demonstration of the second half of verse 8. Uh, a man unstable in all he does. Uh, just on Friday afternoon. Because I did something I've not done before. Friday afternoon, you might remember, was a really nice afternoon. Uh, the sea was pretty calm, frankly. But uh, I thought, well, it'd be nice to go out on one of, the, one of those boats and watch the air show uh, uh, from, from the sea. Uh, and because you get get good view of the planes uninterrupted by crowds and so on. Lots of boats do that. But the combination of... The, I said the sea was pretty calm, really, but the boat was a bit flat-bottomed, I suppose, and it was rocking around, it was rolling a little bit. And the combination of that and my disability means that I uh, was really, really struggling. And I could hardly stand up most of the time. Uh, I, I just you know, kind of accepted it and sat down. But uh, just once, I struggled with my stick to get to the loo, and it was a, a serious struggle. But I, uh, as a result, I gave up trying to move. I was like this. I was a man unstable 
in all he does. I was pretty much good for nothing while the boat was out there. I wasn't sick or anything like that. I was you know, quite relaxed about that. But, but I, I, literally, I could hardly move. It was, it was interesting. And I, of course, got this in my mind because uh, I was preparing it. I thought, oh, that's an interesting illustration. In other words, what James is saying, that somebody who's unstable in all he does is useless in the trial. By contrast, James says that those who persevere in trials don't do what I did, just give up and sit down and stay in your seat. Uh, those who persevere, those whose faith is honed by tough times, live it out effectively. And James introduces a word in verse 4. He uses it a couple of times there, and he uses it seven times in the letter. And the Greek word is teleon. Uh, it means when you see the word uh, finish or mature or wholeness or something like that, those, those words, that, that's basically what, what he's talking about. He's talking about the difference it makes in us if we've got the word planted in us. Uh, we, we're not an unstable person. Trials bring about perseverance. Perseverance in due course brings maturity in faith. The second way that the implanted word changes things is in how we respond to temptation. So uh, so that's described a bit in verses 13 to 15. Note, by the way, that it's very clear. God can test, but he doesn't ever tempt. Lord's Prayer says, lead us not into temptation. James continues in verse 14 saying that temptation comes from our evil desire, our own evil desires. And he says that sometimes we have a desire inside us uh, which gives birth to a sin, an activity, a behavior, uh, and that has a consequence, death. What can seem enticing actually leads us astray and it's fleeting it fades away remember those words of ecclesiastes we've talked about the the word hevel the words um mean some translations meaningless or vanity or fleeting passing away uh vapor all those kind of things it's a bit like that by contrast in verse 17 james says that god doesn't change like the shifting shadows, so we can respond to temptation with his truth. When we've got the word planted in us, that puts us in a whole different place to respond to temptations that come our way. And the third thing uh, that uh, I put this up, because it's it's kind of obvious really, is why the conversation I was having yesterday about the challenge of the book of James for many Christians including me James is one of the most challenging parts of the Bible look at verse 22 do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says the Keswick strap line is hearing God's word uh, becoming like God's son and serving God's mission. Now, 
most of you know I go there pretty much every year, uh, and I'm pretty pretty decent at hearing God's word. But actually, on maybe sometimes I'm doing the third serving God's mission. But actually, the second one is what I find the most challenging: becoming like God's son. I know that I wonder sometimes whether I'm really making progress in that direction. Look at verse 26. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Well, the, uh, the wondering that I had just now about verse 22 and about the Keswick step line and so on, seems to be wondering, I know the answer here. Uh, that in my own strength, my religion is worthless. It's because God is at work in it, and he's the heart of it, that uh, it's not worthless. Fortunately, our salvation doesn't depend on us. It does depend entirely on Jesus. We sometimes think when Satan tempts us to despair, and tells us of the guilt within. Upward we look and see him there who made an end to all our sin. We, put our ha- we have to put our hands up. I can't put this hand very high at the moment. Um, uh, uh, we put our hands up and, can, and confess our sin. But actually our forgiveness comes from a whole different direction and that's God. But this letter doesn't just say, well, we could, okay then, say thank you God and just give up it takes us back to James's writing about the perseverance practical living so that's the third thing that having the word implanted in us changes completely I want to end with this I wrote in our notices this morning that uh, James is a practical guide for daily Christian living And I've said in this sermon that James is uh, a book which fleshes out what it is to have God's word implanted in us. It's a book that's all about the outworking of our theology. Because as Christians, we have a theology which requires outworking. How we believe about God uh, needs to affect how we treat our neighbors, how we regard our neighbours, and that's the guts of what James is saying. What we think about Jesus must affect how we behave. When God's living word is planted in us, when God's written word is planted in us, it has consequences and it makes us fruitful. So over the next five weeks, let's engage with James, let's rise to the challenges that he brings and let's allow James, allow God to make us feel uncomfortable. Then we will indeed hear God's word, become like God's son and recommit ourselves to serving God's mission. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that uh, you are a God who doesn't stay far off, you come down into our lives 
and you get involved with the nitty-gritty of our lives. Lord, we're sorry for the times when that nitty-gritty has not glorified you and reflected your implanted words. We pray, please, as we uh, interact with James and uh, engage with what you're saying to us, we pray that we will know you at work in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.